Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the JDR Creatives Podcast. It's something like a podcast, something like an audio journal, something like a, this little recording of my life. A lot of tips, a lot of tricks, more than anything, a place where I'm vulnerable, a space in which I share, and a place where I create. So, Welcome and enjoy. All right, today is October 5th, 2023. Today I'm going to bring you an actual episode of uh, something that's produced, written, and we're going to go through that. And the title of this episode will be Be Uncomfortable, something that I worked on. Actually, I wrote this truthfully in the summer, but we're going to... We're going to explore that today. But before we explore that, you are in the club announcements. And so we're going to give you the the club announcements. So I um, did make an episode in September. There were times I, I wanted to. Um, just didn't have the energy to do it, to be honest with you. Like really thinking about this episode that I'm going to to give you here today. This episode is going to drive me to to pod. I have just hadn't felt it, you know, um, you know, I'm still waiting on my car. That's been a little bit of stressful having to fork the money out and and wait. Uh, but it's been a blessing as well. Like I said, the car I'm currently in is, is the car that I'm going to want in the future. I'm definitely going to want it. I've I've driven four cars to realize this is the one I want. Um, but you know, I just, I want to, I wanted to do some stuff and and plan some stuff and kind of throw some things and arrive, but as usual, I will make it work. So it kind of took my creative energy away from me. At this point, I have started the TikTok for my poetry page that co- that coincides with the Instagram. So I'm trying to. We're on this journey to making this book. Um, I will not give the title yet. I will wait until probably the year end review, and I think that's when I will talk about the title of the book. It just really depends. Um, my goal really, I really have a soft goal of trying to get to, by the end of December, if I can have 50 of those poems written. Because the way the, stru- the, book was, the structure of the book is going to be, it's going to be 50 poems per, you know, I guess, thought process. Or like, there's three words that really encompass this book. And there are 50 poems for each one of those words. So my goal is, if I can have a third of the book basically done by December, considering I started writing in August, then I will feel good enough to be able to release that title. I don't want to be too sudden with it and things like that. And, you know, but ultimately there is a title for the book. It took me some time to figure out the title. It just came to me organically one day. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm on vacation now. So that's part of the reason why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pouring into myself um, just trying to create, you know, and, and if I was to say something to any of you who are trying to create, if I was saying something to, to myself, I would say, just keep going. I know it's, it's been, it's been an interesting year. It hasn't been hard per se, just been, it's, it's taken a lot. Um, but it's also given back as well. And so I'm very appreciative of it. It, it's one of those years that's, it's, it really is a discovery year. I knew this was going to be a discovery year. And 
I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying to, because usually I have this good thought process. Because usually after this, after a discovery year, I launch and I explore and I go. Um, I'm just not too sure if next year will be another discovery year, or um, I don't know. I have a real, I just have really odd feelings about going in the next year. Honestly, like I, I think I will accomplish much, but I think I don't know right now. I kind of feel like. I might lose something. Uh, so I don't want to speak that into existence, but um, I'm going to pray that I gain much perspective because the last time I had a really great discovery year after I took some losses, it was a really great year for me. And um, I'm going to go into 2024 with the high hopes that I will achieve and accomplish many great things, not just, not just, completing and publishing this book and then adding author to my name, but to, to have successes and personally outside of the book, have successes professionally um, outside of, you know, whatever I'm going for. So that, that's really the thought process. Um, it's been great because there's different things that have pulled me in the directions to writing this book. There's different inspiration. And um, I'm just going to lean into it and continue to write and be completely vulnerable because I think in that space, I'm going to get exactly what I want. Um, so, yeah, um, Christmas season's coming. I pray for all of you and your families as we go through these holidays because holidays are supposed to be a fun time, but they can be tough as well. So my sincerest um, prayers and love for your families and take, if I was to give you advice, make sure that you are living in those moments and that you are not allowing the work to cause you to forget. Because here's the thing about jobs now, they want you to pour into them when they do not pour into you. So let me tell you a secret, people, about how I am. I do not care about a job more than I care about being Ryan's father. I do not care about a job more than I would care about being someone's husband. But here's the difference. I can't be someone's husband because the thing is, in this society, women want a man to slave away and basically die. But then a woman wants a man to give everything as she gives him barely anything. And that's a lot I've said. Uh, there are good women out there who would, who are, you know, I've, you know, I've met the ones who, don't understand the sacrifice and don't understand sometimes you got to thug it out. Um, and then I've met the ones who always want, 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 want. I think understanding things is important too, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain on that. I'm very blessed. I've had very great insight to understand what I need to do. And I'm going to continue to push forward. September was the end of Q3. I didn't hit my, I did not hit my volume target for work, but I hit my pod goals, which was good. So I'll receive a, a bit of a bonus there. Um, then the day we're growing the business as we need to. There are things that need to be done with the with the company to help us grow. But uh, I'm going to continue to do what I can. And um, I, like I said, I don't know if I talked about. It. I didn't get promoted. Came down to me and my teammate, who is now my boss. Um, from what they say, I have a bright future with the company. All I do is I kind of align myself to where I can put chips everywhere. And then by staking my bet, it gives me the best opportunity to win. They are on the clock. They have two years. And um, and two years, if I'm not 
where I need to be, then I will not be here. And that's just how it works. I don't play with companies anymore because if it's, they're either going to do you or you do them. And I would prefer to do them. The last company I was with, they did me. And um, I don't plan to have this company do me. I've learned a lot and I can use it for other things. And I shall. So advice on work as well. Set yourself up so that you have value that jumps off the paper to other people in other industries. It's not just the industry you're in. And always be seeking to create value more and more that you go through things. But here's the trick. Your worth and your value are two different things. Value is a worldly thing. Worth is a singular thing. You own your worth. Don't ever let the world tell you that you are not amazing. You don't have to do anything in this world to be amazing besides be a kind, great individual. You don't have to build anything. You don't have to sell anything. You don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to have money. You just have to be a decent human being. That's what makes you amazing. So when the world tells you you have to give it something, and that's just the world pimping you as it always does. <laughs> we're going to flip sides and we're going to take you into the episode of Be Uncomfortable. Yeah. All right. So we are here to give you another episode from my crazy mind and how I see things. This episode is titled Be Uncomfortable. And I want to start you off kind of with uh, the, the, the piece that will be on this episode, the header. Um, it comes from a caption I wrote that kind of gave me the, the brain <clears throat> to write this, this episode. A perspective that can be seen by many. The beholder is singular as his or her purpose trumps any other narrative. Yeah. So a lot of times when we're walking through life, we find ourselves trying to be this thing, be what society wants us to be. If you take it from the four agreements, it talks about a dream. Like we tend to blend, like we grow, we, we're born and then we're taught society's dream. And then we walk along and then we're given our parents' dream, our father's dream, you know, our siblings' dream. And I think that when you get to a point in life where you stop allowing society or people around you to pour into your dream, and then you start to really realize your dream, and then you start to live and execute it, then that's when you have stepped into the uncomfortable. To be uncomfortable requires you to step away from the things that give you comfort. And it means you will have quarrels with your family. You will step out. You will set boundaries that won't make people comfortable. That's the whole point of this. But as I've said in, in the past before, when you, when I have ventured into the uncomfortable is when I have been my best self. I have learned, I have grown at such an exponential rate. It's addictive. It's like, Ooh, tell me more, tell me more, give me more. And and that is, what's crazy about it is, is it's like, like this is a discovery year. I've had to feel so much intense pain to learn so many great things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, keep cutting my arm off. Keep cutting my arm off. But that's what it comes down to. It's you, you really start to see and feel and understand really what, you know, you, you could be or what you are. And, and that's the great thing about being uncomfortable. My journey has been long and arduous. There's many pitfalls along the way. 
lessons that have filled my brain. You know, the first one I start with is how uncomfortable has shaped my lens, giving me the ability to be patient with grace. It has changed my, my way of looking <clears throat> and the way I gain knowledge, guiding me with perspective towards gratitude, seeking life as the measure of my existence instead of me being stuck or a nuisance, creating a flow of harmony to be free without the state of judgment or expect expectations and so similar to what i'm saying there that the how in this for me has been i had to retune my senses because i grew up to be you gotta you gotta go out into the world and to be a decent human being you've gotta work hard you've gotta take care of yourself and you know and i'm not saying that people shouldn't take care of themselves there is a survival mentality to world to the world but I was raised so much on you can't fail in this perspective or this space to where I became such an overachiever. And I don't, um, I don't regret it. I think it's helped shape me and it, it continues to define my push. Like I'm writing a book now. If I wasn't an overachiever, I wouldn't even wrote the first book. I'm sitting on two books that I could publish but they don't feel good enough for me. This project that I'm working on, feel I feel in tune in it and I feel passionate about it. So getting myself to a point where I didn't feel like I was nothing because I wasn't producing, that is, that is the work of being uncomfortable. And that's still a, a problem for me because there are moments where I do feel like, well, I'm not producing, so am I really? I'm not doing, really? And it's not like that. I don't, I no longer, I no longer live in a space in which I allow that to be the acceptable norm. I may feel it, but I understand that that's not the right thought process because production isn't off of what I can sweat or bleed or give. Um, existing is the start of that. The what in this is, I have spent my time in constant reflection, ruminating about my walk in the winds and losses, creating a space in which I can freely create, not a space to judge. I am reflecting to find myself. The more I search for answers, the more I will find. The recharging is important as the water and sun are the guides during this walk, keeping me connected to my existence, not allowing me to push far from the light. So in this state of where I am being uncomfortable, once again, we're talking about judgment. We're looking at, we're looking at me and I'm, I tend to, in the, in the echo chambers of my own mind, and we've talked about this in the, power, in the, in the past, it's a, it's a palace prison mentality. Once again, I'm telling you, we've shifted the lens on that. We say palace first because that is where I live now. I don't live in the prison, but where I used to be was in that prison. And I used to live in that eight by eight cell with this loud voice screaming at me, telling me I was wrong. I did this wrong. I did that. Now I'm in a space where, yeah, I can, I can be in this beautiful palace, but just because I'm there doesn't mean that those flowers aren't wilting. 
Does it mean I, I need to go tend to that? Does it mean that grass isn't as green? There are, even though I'm on this beautiful facility, there are things that sometimes die or through normal wear and tear, they go down. And am I working on myself? Because if you, if, uh, if you envision the palace as your existence and your emotional acuity, you are constantly pushing yourself to be the best version of self. You are trying to reach great, your greatest self. And to do that requires you to love yourself, to be responsible to self, and not to see anyone um, first before self. So for me to get to this point, I've had to look at everyone and, and put boundaries on them and tell them, eh, you know, I don't know if it's, it's what it needs to be. But some people get it, some people don't. You know what I mean? And that's just that's just what it comes down to. The the sun and I gotta talk about the sun and the and the water. Like I don't want to be in the water, but being near the water calms me. You know, to see the sun shine above me, the see the sunrise, the sunset. It, 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 there's an energy it puts in me that reminds me that life is precious. That to go after it. So when I see a sunrise, even if I just feel like I'm not. I'm not in it. I'm like, okay, it's a, it's a call to a new day. You've given me a new day. What can I do with it? And when the sun sets, I'm thankful. So it, when I've talked about like the episode of grace and gratitude, grace and gratitude lives in this uncomfortable space because it's allowing me to take the time to reflect and go, you've given me another day. So thank you so much for giving me that. I can show gratitude. And then when the day comes to a close, you have given me the ability to make it safely through another day. You gave me the ability to go out and try it. Thank you for the grace to do that. And I believe that grace and gratitude intersect everywhere where there is something to learn, something to gain that's positive, not negative, but something to gain positively, to learn, to grow from. Grace and gratitude intersect there. They live there. And where, where they tend to meet is in right at the intersection of, of being uncomfortable. It all ties together. So the win. In the past, I could find myself at a boil over point, <laughs> learning that if I don't at, um, attune myself to the what, I won't choose me. Therefore, I don't allow the recharge. I just, I don't allow myself to recharge, which isn't good. Reflection is as important as the recharge. They are two sides of one coin. Spending too much time on one side causes imbalance. Reflect too long and I stop giving myself grace. Recharge too long and I lose sight of my creativity. Creation is, creation is a core hobby and gift I have. Without it, I can find myself lost. When creation is lost, I will lose my sight on gratitude and see this is this is you know another part in here and like I said you know I reflect and recharge but but here's the thing if I spend too much time in reflection I will pull myself down you know in hindsight when I go to when I go to recharge <clears throat> I can get comfortable just having fun and take and going, oh, I got another day to, to, to come and write. I got another day to, to pod. I got another day to take that photo. 
truth be told, I don't recharge enough. And so this is partly, you know, there have been times in the past where, like, uh, I would say, like, 2019 could be uh, a little bit of an example, but there was a part of that year where I felt like I lost a little bit of time because I was recharging a lot. You know, I took, I was working and then I would take extended vacation and just enjoy myself and da, da, da. But um, there hasn't been many times in my life where I've really allowed myself to recharge fully because I am an overachiever. So what ends up happening is like now where I should be recharging. I don't, I've went through a lot. I could have waited until tomorrow to make this, but I felt like I need to get this done. So there's a driving force within me that causes me to create. But this is, a, like I said, it's a core hobby, so I have to do it. The point of, of this part is reflecting without the recharge isn't good. Recharging without the reflection isn't good, too, because if you just vacation all the time and you never look at yourself and say, what am I doing? You could, you could be um, a bit of a glutton. If you reflect too much and you don't recharge enough, you can get yourself in a state of depression. And you can really be really hard on yourself. And so creation is the the core thing that keeps this, because everything spent, if you think about life or you think about energy, think of it in a circular circle. Um, it's perfectly balanced and perfectly rotates. And so grace and gratitude, they, they're circular, they rotate. Reflection, recharge, they're circular to rotate. The moment that you don't rotate them in, in synergy and the synchronicity gets off, it throws the whole thing off because now you're doing one thing too much, you're doing one thing too little, which brings doubt, which brings all these questionable things. So really for me, understanding the parts of how I work has been the core to helping me be better prepared to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Balance is important to us all. I have learned that when I am uncomfortable, I grow exponentially and harvest my greatest crop, which is my happiness and peace. In that space, I am truly free as my consciousness is mine to wield. As my will pushes me to heights, I didn't even imagine. This is the gift of being uncomfortable. As I have learned recently, fall in love with the process. Don't get lost in the outcome. Now, that last part there, fall in love with the process, don't get lost in the outcome. Originally, that was going to be the, that was going to be your little stamp for this. But I, I felt like the, the, the thought process to, to why I wrote this was more important. You know, and, and and so to speak to that, yeah. I mean, the I've been pushed to new heights. I've been pushed to places that I didn't believe I could go, all because I was willing to step into that space to be uncomfortable. But what I've learned over the years is I need to reflect. I need to recharge. With grace and gratitude, I am able to reflect and recharge, which allows me to step into uncomfortable spaces with courage and not be afraid. And even when I am afraid, we'll give you another poem. When I am afraid, it is the call to be brave. I am not 
stuck in ambiguity. I can face it a lot better than what I ever used to. Ambiguity used to punch me in the face and <laughs> used to beat my ass and it would stop me. It, it really would. It would, it, you know, it would freeze me in my steps. I remember one of the times in my life where I physically felt frozen um, was when we went to Lucas's uh, celebration of life. And I remember I could see his picture on this stage and I walked and I could not move from this heel because the, the gripping pain the, I didn't want to cry and I didn't want it to be about me. I don't want people consoling me because it's I'm here. It's not about me. But I was just so consumed that for a minute I needed. I, I remember I took a knee. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And it just and I told myself the one thing I told myself is when I walk on that stage, I will not shed a tear. I will honor this space that has been given to him to remember him by. And it took a lot of strength because when I when I came off that stage, I was still kind of in the bowels of it. But then when I remember when we all got together and people start talking about him, I just, um, it, it started to bubble up. And then, like I said, the moment where it's caught me was when my boss was asking what I wrote and I said, I can't, I can't read it. And then um, my teammate Bradshaw read it and, you know, those first three words, you were something. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. But um, you have to look within yourself to understand how this all works. And it all started for me by going from a prison to palace mentality, by being in the palace. Yes, sometimes the flowers need to be changed. They need to be watered. But that's different from being an eight by eight cell. It's a different thought process. And like I said, um, by using my hobby of creation and by going after the gift that God naturally gave me, it gives me an existence that makes me happy and it gives me peace. Because even, you know, I look at this book now that I'm writing and it's like, even if it's not a New York bestseller, if it's not a bestseller, I don't really, I don't really care about that. I care to create something that I can say that is mine. I care to curate something that will help people. And if that means I got to walk it and put it in every person's hand, I'll fucking do it. I don't care. Just give me enough copies to where, you know, give me a, you know, at least a good amount of copies. And that's just really what I want. You know? That's what I'm trying to figure out. We're going to get through it. Now, being uncomfortable helped to grow my confidence. It helped me push past my fears and my limits. And now, you know, I'm, I'm using it to help me go again. You know, go again after heartbreaks, after setbacks, after disappointments, um, after, you know, not getting promotions um, because being uncomfortable was never about the result. It's, it's a way of life. It, it's a, it's, to me, it's like this higher level of consciousness that when you assert yourself and you sit in it, you obtain a space and kind of like this, this energy that gives you like this clear lane of focus. And 
when I am uncomfortable, I may have fear, but it doesn't stop me from moving. You know, I may have anger, but it doesn't stop me from loving. You know, it, it keeps me in this balanced place to where the only thing I can do is act. I can't be indecisive because being indecisive breaks that energy. And now we go from being uncomfortable to being comfortable. You've got to act. You know what I mean? Um, it's kept me focused. You know, it really has. It's kept me focused on the light. And, you know, it it didn't allow me to get lost in the darkness because I've, I felt like that many times I was sitting in a very dark room, um, but there was always this speck of light off to the side and I could see it. It really has changed my life being in uncomfortable situations. It's, it's made me develop my emotional intelligence even more. And I'm very thankful for it. And so to you that listen to any one of you, I would say, you know, spend that time to reflect, spend that time to recharge. If you feel like you are in darkness, let this voice remind you that if I was in it once and I lived in that bitch, you can easily not live there. The darkness is a place that you will visit. It is not a place that you're supposed to inhabit. If you become comfortable in darkness, you have lost your way and you need to find it. And the way to find it is to finding the core thing that makes you happy. and attack it with everything you are. Give it everything. Even if you look stupid, if you look dumb, even if you feel uncomfortable, give it every fucking thing you, you got. Why? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Who says I can't write this book? Who says I can? Who says it won't mean shit? Who says it will? Everything is, is in your hands to make the decision to control. Will you do it? Or will you allow fear to navigate how you operate? I stopped letting fear control my decisions a long time ago. And year by year, I get stronger. And, you know, I, I won't have it all together by the time I die. But, man, if I could write a book on it. But maybe I'm making an audio book on it. Do not let your fear consume your creativity, your humanity, because fear is real. But love is real, too. And you always got to look at the opposite of it. You always got to look at the balancing of the coin. Find balance and in balance, you will find happiness and peace. The experiences matter and always will. So enjoy them. But just keep creating them. The greatest resource you have is your time. If something today isn't working the way you want it to, try something different. If you feel like you're a bit off base, search your feelings, young young Padawan. <laughs> I don't have all the answers. I've discovered a lot of them, though. And what I can tell you is, is that any time that I got to sit into an uncomfortable space, I have been vastly improved. I've been given so much, and I'm so thankful for it. 
and I could um, I could jump up and down, I could scream, I could yell. But in the end, I'm just trying to pour it into people who matter. And I leave it here on the internet because it'll be here. Maybe 50 years from my death, someone finds it and it makes their life better and it inspires them to be the best version of themselves. Then I've done a good deed. But I'm telling any of you who are going through it, who don't feel like you matter, you don't feel like it's important, I'm asking you to be uncomfortable. And I'm asking you to remember what I told you. Find grace and gratitude. Find your reflective point. Find your recharge point. Once you learn how to reflect and to recharge properly, you will find your core hobby. You will find the core thing that makes you feel good, makes you feel great, and you feel like you can do it. Even if you're afraid, even if you don't understand, even if it makes you seem crazy, go after it. Fucking go after it with everything you are. But do it with grace and do it with gratitude. And if you do that, you will find yourself at the intersection of being uncomfortable. And every time that you feel uncomfortable, remember this voice, that if you are afraid, it is the call to be brave. Great men and women in the society have never done anything great by being afraid. Even when they were afraid, they found themselves being brave. You must find the courage within yourself to take that leap. You have the strength to do it. I believe in you. Just as those words were never really told to me, but I had to tell them to myself because I was a very unique and different individual that has suffered many losses. <laughs> I haven't had, I haven't got what I wanted exactly the way I wanted to get it, but that's okay. It doesn't matter to me in that. What matters to me is, is that every day I get another opportunity to learn. I get another opportunity to love. I get another opportunity to smile. So I ask you as I am departing, as we are ending this episode, what is your why? Why are you doing the things you're doing? If you don't understand, it's time to sit your ass down and reflect. Why? Because society told you you had to do that? Look, besides being a decent human being and not going out and hurting people, that's, that's the cost of emission. You know, just not being a, a shit bag, not going out stealing stuff from people or killing people. Or, yeah. But if, if you're going to a job that you don't like, if you're talking to people you don't like, if people are taking your time, fucking don't pick up the phone. Don't do it. There are friends that I have that'll call me all the time. I will look at the phone and go, nope, I don't have the energy for it today. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to talk to them. Don't really care. Family members, same way. You come first. Remember what they tell you on an airplane. If the cabin loses pressure, the oxygen mask will fall from the ceiling. Secure your oxygen mask and make sure that you have airflow. You cannot save someone else before you save yourself. So I'm asking you to pour into yourself before you pour into anyone else. And this is coming from an overachiever who used to pour into everyone until he got to a boil over point. There are no more times to boil over. There are times when people piss us off and we do get angry because remember, like I, I said this before too, and I've written it, anger is the part of you that loves you the most because it knows your worth. Remember, worth is yours, not value. Value is the world's. Value is how the world sees you. That's why when you talk about a, a superstar like Otani, who's probably going to get $400, $500 million, his value goes up and up or down off of he can't pitch next year. Oh, he can only hit. His worth is 
to people who know him, they probably believe he's a great human being who does great things. Your worth will always be more than your value. So stop allowing society to deem your value, your worth insufficient when really what they're telling you is, I don't value you. And if someone tells you they don't value you, here's a secret. Get away from them. Because if they don't value you, they will never see your worth. And guess what they'll do? They will always take from you and they will never give back. I've said a lot. <laughs> I've said a lot. So I'll end with this. Ryan James, I've been writing and doing all these things. I'm writing this book, and, and you know um, this episode is, is, is a call for you. You will never have to experience life like I've had to. I'm teaching you, you know, how to be uncomfortable, and I push you in uncomfortable spaces. But I just want you to listen to this at some point and realize that when you do feel afraid, it is the call to be brave. And that if I'm not around you, remember my voice when I'm telling you, my son, don't allow a moment to slip through your fingers because you're afraid. You would much rather experience that moment to its full capabilities and full, just experience that moment fully and then talk about how you were afraid later. You have the courage within you to accomplish anything and you're a damn strong person. And that strength that you wield has given me the courage to push through limits. So when I tell you that I've pushed through my limits because I've watched your courage off the charts, then when I tell you that when I am gone one day and I'm not here and you feel like you can't do it, remember your father telling you that you can. You can do anything that you believe you can do. All you have to do is muster the strength to do it. I love you, son. And to all of you, thank you for listening. She knows it. I would like to take the time to thank you for joining this jam talk for today. That's it. That's the end. There's no, nothing else to say. Go back to your, your regularly scheduled program. She knows it.